What up, Ring Crew Army and MOW fans? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. On this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be going over MOW Fusion Alpha. This is episode two, and we are continuing to review MOW, which is Major League Wrestling. They're going to be on later tonight, Wednesday, September 29th, on YouTube at 7 p.m., so make sure to tune in for that. You can listen to this review after the fact. And I really hope that you like this review. And if you do like this review, make sure to tell all your friends, share it on your social medias, and make sure to tag me at Maria underscore shadows. So that way I know that you listen to it and I know that your friends listen to it and sharing is caring, right? MOW will be having its pay-per-view Fightland coming off October 2nd at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. I will be there. I'll be covering all the action. So please make sure to follow me on all of my social media, which I'm going to be letting you guys know where you could do that at the end of this podcast episode. But it's going to be an amazing ride. And you guys are definitely going to get a vlog about it because you guys know I love professional wrestling. You know, I love what I do. And let's jump right into this review. MOW Fusion Alpha starts us off with a Lucha match. We have Eris versus Aramis. Now, these two wrestlers were picked by Cesar Duran, who is the manager of MOW and the one that is making all of the matches. While Eris is having his entrance and getting into the ring, we cut to seeing a Contra promo that interrupts his entrance and this Contra promo basically tells you more of the story heading into MOW's Fightland October 2nd this weekend when Jacob Fought 2 of the Contra faction faces Alex Hammerstone and this is a title for title match and it's definitely great as a storytelling element but I personally don't like it when something that's not related to the opening match interrupts the opening match there could have been a better place for this promo and I will definitely come back to this promo and tell you exactly where this should have been but we get this interruption and then after the promo is done we return back to the ring and we get Aramis coming out and Aramis and Arez locks up in the ring and they do a lot of Lucha style moves and they do a lot of kicks. They do a lot of flashy moves. And my main problem with the match, and I'm trying to be as positive as I can about the match, there is one positive thing that I did like. However, I would like to advise all luchadors going forward. Please make sure that you sell the moves that are given to you. Please do not just absorb a kick after a kick after a kick after a kick because then to me, I'm going to be taken out of the match and I'm not going to believe that you're hurt and I'm not going to believe that the kicks actually hurt when in reality, if you get kicked by somebody, it's going to hurt. But in this match, the reality still needs to be in there no matter what. You still have to make the fans feel that you are definitely getting hurt. And, you know, that way they could cheer for you so that way you can have your comeback. And when you have your comeback, you can definitely go destroy your opponent. But you need to sell the moves. 
hardly any of the moves that were done was not being sold and i was just completely taken out of it i was originally taken out of it because we had the contra promo interrupting the match but then as both of these guys go they're doing nothing in the first maybe 10 minutes of the match nothing is really happening and I'm not going to lie about it because I rather review this honestly and I rather get you guys hyped up for wrestlers that put in the work. These guys definitely do put in the work. They really do. It's just that there's a lot of things that can be handled behind the scenes. So let me talk about some positives and some suggestions the negative for this is just that they need to sell the moves that's it they need to sell the moves so that way it could be believable that either one is hurt and one is going to make the comeback and the other opponent is going to take the damage and do the same thing and tell that story rather than just doing kick after kick after kick and no one's really selling it and then when they do sell it it's really bad timing everything in a professional wrestling match while yes it is choreographed it does need to have its timing it does need to have its pacing it does need to have its psychology this is where i blossom in this type of thing of like we need to restructure this and this is how we're going to restructure this opening match because i truly do love watching luchador style matches i have no problem with it if it makes sense this is why i enjoy andrade's lucha style matches or even Rey mysterio matches anything that makes sense with the old school style of lucha libre rather than i'm guessing this has to be new school because for some reason these guys were not selling anything and in no way, shape, or form do I ever want to hurt MOW's credibility to really put on amazing matches. Episode 1 proved that they could put on amazing matches. Episode 2, this opening match, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know who sat down with them to be like, hey, this is what you guys are going to do. Like, I'm going to take the time right now to restructure this match and see if it could be a little bit better. Let me start with Eris. Eris is a Aztec warrior and he has definitely painted his face in the ways of the Aztec and he wears this arm sleeve that at the palm of his hand is an eye and then he also has an armband and on that armband in the middle he also has an eye. So obviously there is a lot of tradition going on with Eris's gear and the story that he has behind it but unfortunately commentary dropped the ball on trying to perpetuate his story to tell me a little bit more about him and his wrestling style and so that way I can cheer for an Aztec warrior and all we get on commentary is that they don't know what that eye is for well if you did research and look into like fantasy things you could have made up something on the spot because remember commentators it is your job to tell a story if you're playing the color commentator spot the play-by-play doesn't really have to do much because he's throwing you the question to bring a spotlight to Eris because Eris has the most storytelling elements on his body on his gear and yet then I don't know anything about him I would have went to the wrestler and asked him if he had a backstory for the eye. So that way, if I did make up something on commentary being the color commentator and wouldn't sound like a fool and end up putting him over the wrong way. So 
I would have just basically said that, oh, the eye is his amulet. That is his third eye. It is to give him protection. And the spirits are with him because Aztec culture believed in spirits and they also believed in demons. And then I could have probably played up the fact that that gives him a special ability to see a half weakness or a weakness in his opponent. Maybe the eye gives him the ability to be on the same level as his opponent and be as equally sound as his opponent in the match. And the only way that they could definitely one up each other is if one of them trips up and does a mistake and the other one capitalizes. Like there's a lot to go on with Eris having the eye and making it like an amulet and making it like it's going to help him out in the match. And it should, because if he's really coming out as an Aztec warrior, because that's his background or whatever the case may be, play it up, play it to your strong points. Now, if it's not part of your character, not part of your heritage, culture or whatever, and you just like it for the sake of liking it. You might have to change your character because if you get an interviewer, the interviewer is going to be like, oh, so, you know, your face paint is that of an Aztec. So are you Aztec? Do you have any family members as Aztec? You know, like they're going to search for the answer to these questions, these culture questions. And if you're not able to provide them with some type of answer or some type of story to get you over, then you're doing it wrong. Don't just pick a character for the sake of picking a character because it is fun to have. It's cool. And, you know, I totally get it. It is cool to have that type of character in a wrestling ring. Just make sure that you have everything checked off on your list. That makes sense. So that way, when someone tries to question your character and your story, you have an answer for everything and everything is solid. Because the last thing you want is a loophole in your story where someone breaks it down and you might have to think of a different character to do. Because once the illusion of something that powerful, something that mystic is broken, how are any other fans going to believe that you are this Aztec warrior? How are any of the fans going to believe in you? You know, so sometimes this is a tricky, tricky slope to deal with, especially with someone coming out in Aztec gear and then commentators not really knowing how to just tell that story to push it, even if they're wrong or not. And I have nothing against the commentators, but if you are doing color commentating, please make sure that you're able to tell a story, able to make something up, even if it's fantasy. It doesn't matter as long as you have something there to try and tell a story about the eye. Maybe Eris doesn't really have a story about the eye and you as a commentator can help push that along and make up a story and then he could go with it and tweak it to how he wants to. So that way the character doesn't have any holes in it. We also learned from the commentators that Amaris is part of a musketeer group which I thought that was the most oddest thing to really say. Amaris was really good in this match. The positive things that he did was this awesome somersault sent on to Arez on the outside where he walks the rope and then does the move. Arez then does this fireman's carry into a knee and then a heel kick and then turns it into a falcon arrow 
combination on Ameris and that looked pretty cool except that at least slow it down so that way your opponent can sell it a little bit more and then the finish of the match had Ameris doing a torture rack but in the style of an airplane form by spinning around and around and around and dropping a res on his back similar to like a blue thunder bomb and manages to pick up the victory one two three our winner is ameris and again i have nothing against these wrestlers i have nothing against the commentators i just think that a little bit more production could have went into this match and into the storytelling of the two wrestlers because i really didn't learn anything from them in their match their match really looked like they were there to practice rather than there to actually have a match because there was no aggression. There was no substance behind the kicks, behind the punches, behind the arm drags. It was just like, all right, I got to remember this spot here, that spot there. We got to do this choreograph right. We got to do this and that. It felt like there was nothing substantial for me to really remember these guys and remember the match. And that's really bad because it looked like they weren't there 100%. I would definitely love to see a rematch to maybe hear and see all of the aggression that could have been there, the storytelling that could have been there, the selling. So that way I can believe that these kicks actually hurt and everything else in between. But please do not let this discourage you from watching the match and enjoying it. If you enjoyed the Lucha Libre style, that's great. But I really here to break it down. And that's exactly what I saw. That's exactly how I felt. And in order to improve it, all I would have tweaked was the commentator should have made up a story. So that way I could understand these two wrestlers. And definitely at the back, I would have definitely went over the match and reviewed it and be like, hey, we need more substance. Like, I don't even know who they are from start to finish. I just know that they were just two wrestlers in mask, luchador style. Bam, they go out there and have a match. But it really didn't fire up the crowd, so to speak. The crowd got into it like halfway through, but then like nothing really happened again. And that's my main issue that the there was barely any selling and nothing really happened. So let me stop beating up this match. And I hope that you guys understand that I have nothing against them. It was just a really bad produced match. We then get information on the MOW featherweight women's division. Next week, it has been announced. On October 6, 2021, we're going to have our first women's match and it's going to have Willow Nightingale taking on Ashley Vox. After that announcement, we have our second match for MOW Fusion Alpha, which is Bud Heavy taking on Alex Kane. And Alex Kane is a suplex assassin. This guy can do many suplexes in the ring. And his mission is to make sure that he suplexes everyone. Now, generally speaking, I do not like squash matches. However, this was a smartly done squash match. Bud Heavy is exactly what his name says. He's on the heavy side. And Alex Kane is a very strong, heavy guy himself. 
And he definitely threw around Bud Heavy and suplexed him and managed to get in two suplexes during his match. But it was definitely Alex Kane dominating the whole entire match. But again, it was a smart squash of a match. So after Alex Kane gets his finisher in, which was this really unique ripcord Olympic suplex, there happened to be a post-match beatdown because Bud Holiday got up, gave Alex Kane two middle fingers, and that's when Alex Kane came in, did some more suplexes, and added insult to injury. Our main event for MOW Fusion Alpha was Alex Hammerstone putting up his National Open Weight Championship title against filthy Tom Lawler. This match was honestly off as well. And again, I'm going to make some suggestions and tweak this match because it could have been a little bit better with just a couple of things to keep in mind. First of all, Alex Hammerstone is really a beast in the ring and has a really nice presence for a wrestler. And you could definitely tell that he values the spot that he's in. The only thing that I worry about is his cardio because I don't know how great his cardio is. He was getting really winded in this match. So was Tom Lawler. And that's only because you have two heavy guys picking each other up for slams and doing this and doing that. Tom Lawler is a very interesting wrestler. And I guess I could say MMA turned wrestler. But he got it. He has that presence. He definitely is a filthy wrestler just because of the namesake. But other than that, the match fell off. And it fell off because of timing it wasn't so much the pace the pace was a little too slow for my liking but that's just me other than that it was just timing on certain things so halfway through the match tom starts working on alex's arm because tom is gonna set up for like an arm bar because he's an mma fighter so it makes sense so there was a running bulldog but he had alex's arm extended and was working on it and kept hurting it so we have a body part being picked on cool not a whole big deal i remember like maybe five minutes into the match we have this glitchy effect that happens on the feed where you know that could have been the perfect placement for what happened at the beginning of the show. So you guys remember at the beginning of the show in the first match where we had that Contra promo? Well, see, I found a place where it could have ended up. So hear me out on my idea, right? So after Tom works on Alex's arm, there was another point in the match where Tom stuns Alex and Alex is in the corner and to his right, to Alex's Hammerstone's right is Tom Lawler. Tom is on the ropes and he's singling for people to come down. Now we can make the speculation that it is his team, Team Filthy. It could have been Kevin Koo and Kit Osborne. Right. So those two, Kevin Koo and Kit Osborne, are part of Team Filthy and they always accompany Tom Lawler where he goes. This time around, Tom Lawler is by himself, but he's still singing someone to come out. Right. So nobody comes out. And what happens in real time during the match, 
Alex decides to get up on his left side where the referee is at. The referee is on his left side. So he decides to get up on the left side, do a turn and basically question Tom and saying, who are you calling for? Who are you calling for? And Tom immediately backs down and begs Alex not to further hurt him. Now, that's a really weird spot only because it would have made sense if Alex would have turned to his right and sat in the corner yelling at Tom, who are you calling? And all this kind of stuff. Because obviously in this match, I'm guessing that Alex had to be the baby face and Tom had to be the heel. And that's what I'm going to probably get from it. It wasn't really clear who was heel and who was babyface. But the fact that Alex didn't decide to turn to the right as he's recovering to turn to the right to see him do this, it kind of makes you wonder that if you turn to the left and get up on your left side, how are you going to assume he was calling for someone? How do you know that he was calling for someone? If you turn to the right and maybe get up on the right side or relax more on the turnbuckle that's there that would make more sense because he's in your line of sight because he's on your right side you'll be like hey why are you calling for people this is a match between you and me for this championship title like that makes more sense because he's closest to the right getting up towards the left made no sense to then question him why are you calling because technically you should not know that he's doing that if you're getting up on the left, if that makes sense to anybody that's listening to this. So here is how I would have done it. I would have told the guys that when you get stunned, Alex, and Tom is to your right, he's going to be on the ropes and he is going to be singling for somebody. No one is going to come out and you're going to slowly get up on your right or you can definitely sit back on the turnbuckles and relax a little bit more because you're stunned. You're still selling the fact that you're trying to get your bearings together. And when nobody comes down on that screen at the beginning of the ramp, we're going to play that contra promo because remember heading into this weekend, October 2nd is MOW Fightland. So how do you push the story? You basically Play that promo from Contra. You know that in the main event is going to be Alex Hammerstone versus Jacob Fatu for a title versus title match. So you play that promo. You have everybody watch it. And that's part of the story for that match that's currently happening in the ring at the moment. But everyone is taking a little mini break because Contra likes to play mind games with people. So why not play mind games with the one opponent that they're having to face this Saturday? That'll make a lot of sense. So promo plays. It's done. And both guys are standing up and Tom Lawler, because he's filthy Tom Lawler, Ryder does something filthy to Alex, meaning maybe like a dirty pin, a dirty roll up, you know, something of that heel nature that Tom could definitely bring out. However, Alex is way too smart and he has way too much power, maybe in his legs, and he kicks out of the pin attempt. And then decides to do a couple more moves to Tom Lawler before we head to the finish. And the finish is definitely going to be Alex's 
finisher, the nightmare pendulum. So that way everything makes sense. And then you should allow him to be interviewed in the ring with Alicia, a tooth. I hope I pronounced her last name right. If not, someone tell me if I did it wrong or not. But have Alicia come out and interview him in the ring. And that's where Alex would definitely give his promo to help the story further and say something along the lines of, See, Contra, your mind games are not going to work on me here in this match with Tom or our match coming up this Saturday, October 2nd on Fightland right here at the 2300 Arena. Just something along those lines to make the story go a little bit further because right now Twitter is not really talking about it and there's not really much buzz behind it. So doing something like that makes it more enjoyable so that way people can go and chat about it and i'm all for social media presence and i'm all for people talking and buzzing about professional wrestling so again if you're listening to this whole entire podcast don't think i'm nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking but these are just some stuff that has to be said so that way the tiny mistakes can be fixed this is all fixable and i'm not expecting it to get fixed overnight but then again, this is here to learn and how to be better and a little more tighter when it comes to presenting storylines to fans. MLW has the talent. I saw it on episode one and I was like, this is amazing. The only thing is that a tighter grip on the storyline to make sure that it feels as epic as it should be needs to be there. And I definitely don't mind being one of the producers or agents or coaches to help bring that to life and to make sure that the stories are being told well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is my analysis and assessment of episode two of MLW Fusion Alpha that's going to be on their YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Make sure to tune in every single Wednesday, every single week to watch your favorite wrestlers over on MLW because it is Major League Wrestling and they are a combat wrestling sport. And they definitely do have the talent. Just make sure to just support wrestling all around because wrestling is wonderful. And if you enjoyed this analysis, there are many ways for you to help out the Square Circle Podcast. The Square Circle Podcast is run by me, Marie Shadows. There is no team behind me. So if you guys want, this will be up in audio format over at anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast the cool thing about anchor is that it distributes this podcast episode to spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts on those major platforms the other cool thing about anchor is that if you feel like i deserve a tip maybe some dollar bills stole my way you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast forward slash support Anything helps this channel and is greatly appreciated. If you want the video part of this podcast, head over to youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. Make sure to leave me a comment, hit that subscribe button and turn on that bell for all notifications to never miss an update.
If you want to take it a step further where you could get a Patreon membership subscription to the Square Circle podcast, well, basically to Marie Shadows, because I own everything, head over to patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows, because together we're making wrestling memories. And this weekend, we are bound to be making some major league wrestling memories. And the last thing is that if you are on Twitter and you love talking about professional wrestling and you love being invited to Twitter spaces and you want to make more friends, well, guess what? I do have a Twitter account. Head over to Twitter and make sure to at me at Marie underscore shadows. And the cool thing about my Twitter profile now, my newsletter is currently available for you to subscribe when you go to my profile over on Twitter. It's the coolest thing to see. So if you want to stay in contact with me, stay in touch with me, want to know what I'm doing next in the world of professional wrestling, make sure to subscribe to that newsletter. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button and your email will be added to the list. So again, at Marie underscore shadows, Anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast, YouTube.com forward slash Square Circle Podcast, and Patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows. Any and all support is appreciated. I love all you guys. Thank you for sticking around and listening to my podcast episodes. All right, guys, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.